0: You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Justin Fields is going to be thrown in the fire with a pretty tough opponent for his first career start against the Cleveland Browns. So we're going to put together a game plan for what the Chicago Bears can do to upset Cleveland and get a win in Fields' first start. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter, at CoxSports1.com. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. You can join the Locked On Bears Facebook group. And make sure that you click that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making us your first listen today and every day wherever you get your podcasts. On the show today, game plan time. We're going to start with, first, first of all, what Matt Nagy can do to help Justin Fields. Now that he ha- he's had the full week to prepare as the starter and game plan for the Browns with Fields entrenched as the starting quarterback, we'll start to piece together a plan for how you can take some of the pressure off of the rookie and hopefully set him up for success. Then we'll look at where the Bears can find some advantages against this Browns offense, try and shut down that running game, try and find somewhere to penetrate that offensive line and see, okay, where where can you live with... The Browns making some progress, and where do you need to be worried, and and where do you think maybe you can put Baker Mayfield in some difficult spots? And then we'll wrap up looking at this Browns defense a little more specifically matchup-wise, where the Bears should look to attack, where maybe they shouldn't look to attack, and and how everything can kind of come together for a Bears victory on Sunday. But we start with the rookie quarterback, Justin Fields, because when he went into the game against the Bengals, it was not planned for him to really take over the spot full-time from that point. Of course, the injury to Andy Dalton, of course, unexpected. And so they had some plays ready for fields, but then they were kind of improvising a little bit and going to what he had sort of practiced, but not really practiced specifically with the intention of unveiling them against the Bengals in that situation against that defense. So there's certainly an expectation that things should operate a little bit more smoothly and should be a little bit more prepared this time around for fields. Because one of the things we heard from some Bears fans after the game was feeling like maybe Nagy wasn't giving Fields the same type of support he was for Andy Dalton. And I think they were doing some similar things, but at the same time, you you they're two different quarterbacks, with two different skill sets, and so they have different needs and, and different strengths and weaknesses to try and build towards, especially just given the lack of experience, even in addition to their different physical tools. And so I think if I'm trying to make things easier on Justin Fields, some of this stuff can be regardless of opponent, but against the Browns specifically too, first of all, you want to run the ball. I mean, that's... They always want to run the ball. That's not anything new. It's not anything groundbreaking. You'd like to get the running game going with David Montgomery and then Damian Williams. And they had more success against the Rams doing that than they did last week against the Bengals. It's another tough front seven and a really strong defensive line in particular in Cleveland. It's going to make that more difficult. And so you can kind of help Justin Fields and help your running game at the same time by getting some different run pass options in there, some some read options for Justin Fields as well. I would make that a heavy emphasis in this game plan of leaving either Clowney or Garrett unblocked on either edge and optioning them and letting Justin Fields make the read. And he made the wrong read at least once last week against the Bengals. It's still NFL speed that he's getting used to, so there's always going to be some bumps along the road there. But you trust his speed, you trust David Montgomery's speed, and you hope that that can stress – the browns defense in some different ways that we'll get into some of that a little bit more in the future. So you're not just always dropping back or you know going under center and just handing it off up the middle every single time. Being able to do some different things to free up the ground game that way. Plus you want to then work some play action off of that. And I would say you have to specifically make sure that the play action is structured off of the running plays that you've been successful with so that when you're faking the handoff it needs to look like the other handoffs that you've done. So then for the linebackers especially, it looks the same whether it's the run or the play action, and they're not sure what to expect. Like if you, if you do all your handoffs as stretch zone plays and then you do play action out of the shotgun every time, they're still going to pay attention to it, but it's more effective if the plays are sort of built off of each other and look similarly when you're attacking the opposing defense. Then I also want to see some moving pockets Potentially off some of that play action. I know they wanted to keep Justin Fields more in the shotgun. We'll probably see more of that. And so it's not it's not gonna be the full like Matt LaFleur, Kyle Shanahan stretch zone play action, that type of full offense, because you still wanna do more of the spread that Fields is comfortable with. But if you especially if the pass rush is becoming a problem, you can really kind of push them aside to one half and and have Fields roll out the other way. And it simplifies some of the reads for him as well and then also gives him the ability to scramble beyond the line of scrimmage. I mean, these are a lot of the things that we talked about the Bears doing for Mitch Trubisky because Mitch needed it. And the key difference here is you're doing this for Justin Fields in his first career start because he could use a little extra support as opposed to doing it in year four with Mitch Trubisky when he still needed some extra support. So it's a little bit more understandable and less of a a concern or a red flag that Fields might just need a little help in his first game compared to, you know, all the things they had to try and do to help Mitch Trubisky late last season, but it works, and it helps quarterbacks. That includes some more pre-snap motion, you know, sending a receiver from one side to the other. If the cornerback follows him, that's usually an indicator of man coverage. If the defense just kind of shifts but nobody follows him, tends to be an indicator of zone coverage, gives Fields a little more information before the snap, so he doesn't have to figure as much out after the snap. He can just kind of quick confirm that that's what he's seeing. Check the safeties to know whether it's middle of the field open or closed. Is it single deep or two deep? And then based on that, you can have a pretty good sense of what type of zone or what kind of man coverage you might have underneath and where you can throw the routes. And that's how you know the progression can kind of go. So I think as I as as we try and figure out exactly you know how to complicate things without complicating things too much. Honestly, I'm okay with just letting Justin Fields also beat the Browns with his legs. You don't want him to have become a run-first quarterback necessarily, but for his first game against a pretty good opponent, if Justin Fields runs for 65 yards and a touchdown and wins, you know, because he's just... You know, play's not there, scrambles for a first down, and, and run pass option, scrambles for a first down. Let him be Lamar Jackson for these first couple of games while he works out and, and irons out some of the kinks in terms of the passing game. Because you know he is a prolific passer at Ohio State, and that's where you're looking for him to be able to be that dynamic passer in addition to the dynamic runner. But for now, he doesn't have to be Patrick Mahomes. You know He doesn't have to be Aaron Rodgers in the pocket. He can complete some easy passes and, and also beat them with their legs and take the win where you can get it. And I think you don't, the Bears shouldn't be afraid to let Justin rely on his legs a little bit without becoming too reliant and completely abandoning anything you're trying to do in the passing game. A lot of that, too, will depend on the scoreboard. The Bears are playing from behind. They might have to pass a little bit more. If they're able to keep it close, you can stick to the running game and, and not, be, be cons- not be conservative, but certainly take your time and not have to force some things. We'll look at how this Bears defense might be able to hold up its end of the bargain to keep that scoreboard contained next on Locked On Bears. This episode of Locked On Bears brought to you by our friends at BuiltBar.com, the makers of the world's best tasting protein bars ever. And right now they've got limited edition flavor still available in the shop, Cookie Dough Chunk. It is unequivocally the best Built Bar flavor. I ordered a box yesterday can't wait for them to get here because those built, every Built Bar is covered in 100% real chocolate. They're all soft and they're easy to chew. But the cookie dough chunk has actual cookie dough pieces, like, layered on top underneath the outer chocolate. But it's still, like all the other flavors, low sugar and low calories while still being high fiber and high protein. I'm telling you, it is a delicious Cookie Dough Candy Bar Treat, but it only has 6 grams of sugar and 150 calories. You cannot find anything else that tastes this sweet and delicious and has that low sugar and calories. It's unmatched on the market. It's why I'm such a big fan, why I encourage you. Head on over to BuiltBar.com and enter our promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. I used it on my last order, LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. This Browns offense has put up points through two games against the Chiefs and the Texans, and you know they've gotten into some shootouts, and we'll get into the Browns' defense a little bit later on here, but that's been without Odell Beckham Jr., who's expected to play this week against the Bears. It was with Jarvis Landry, who's now out against the Bears, but neither one of them has been their leading receivers. They've been able to really kind of spread the ball around quite a bit and challenge opposing defenses in quite some ways. So first and foremost, I'm curious to see how the Bears choose to handle Odell Beckham Jr. Because we all know Jalen Johnson has played out of his mind. Just lights out, shut down cornerback through two weeks. But is he ready to truly, the term that uses shadow, shadow coverage, Odell Beckham Jr. And that means follow him around and line up across from him any play. Left, right, slot. Backfield, I mean, follow him around and you are his shadow. That's shadow coverage. It's not something Jalen Johnson has done in his NFL career. He plays exclusively on the right side of the Bears defense. And at this point, I don't know that I'm worried enough specifically about Odell Beckham today do that not not any disrespect to the talent that Beckham has but the Browns offense has struggled to really feed him in a way that leads to these massive breakout performances and so I don't think I'm going to like specifically game plan around trying to keep Jalen Johnson on Odell Beckham Jr. just to try and shut him down in that way I'd rather let Beckham prove that he needs that first and then I can always kind of adjust on the fly a little bit but for now I think I'm going to leave Jalen Johnson on the outside, but sort of the, the other advantage you see here is that because Beckham hasn't played, and now you've got Jarvis Landry out, the, the Browns' weapons, at least at wide receiver, aren't necessarily scaring you a ton. I mean, they've been productive so far, and they, they've got more talent, but they're not, they're not household names that, are, that have necessarily proven they can dominate for 150 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, it's Donovan Peoples-Jones. He was a late-round pick a couple of years ago out of Michigan. They got Anthony Schwartz as their rookie third-round pick. Rashard Higgins in there as well. I mean, they're fine players. They're drafted and developed them, and they they're, they're fine. But it, they're not dynamic, game changing players. So to some extent, you know, as as much as the Bears' cornerbacks have struggled, I'm I'm kind of willing to let see how it goes with these Bears' cornerbacks and see if if those matchups can't even out a little bit more for the Bears on the back end. And that's why I think you focus in first and foremost on this Cleveland Browns running game. Last week, Matt Nagy said they were all in on stopping Joe Mixon and making Joe Burrow beat them. Baker Mayfield is better than Joe Burrow, but I, I, it's, it's the Browns' wide receivers that I have more questions about and more confidence in stopping. And so, you know, it's a little bit different when it's Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. You know, you can't just focus on one running back, but shutting down the running game, especially, I think, will be critical and helps too that Matt Nagy coached Kareem Hunt, knows him pretty well. Well, no, I think, not that there's going to be some fatal flaw weakness that the Bears can just. Exploit and, you know, shut him down automatically by knowing this one weird trick the doctors hate, you know. It, 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 but it does, you kind of know what he prefers and where his tendencies are and maybe maybe mistakes he might make along the way there. So I think we've we seen defense coordinator Sean Desai be more inclined to have that safety line up in the box and then roll back to the two deep coverages. That was some of what they implemented the last couple of weeks to have some success stopping the running game and still being able to have that outer shell to keep the deep passes a little bit more reined in. So I would expect more of that. But at the same time, I I mean, I could see doing more single deep and saying, all right, let these lesser-known Browns wide receivers consistently beat us on the outside. I mean, am more concerned about Duke Shelley in the slot, but middle of the field safety can help the slot more so than he can help the outside cornerback. So it's really Kendall Vildor uh, that I'm looking to step up a little bit against maybe some slightly lesser wide receivers in this matchup and give them more flexibility to load up the middle of the field a little bit more and try and help out in the slot, help out in the tight ends, and help out against this running game. I really just think it's going to take some time for the, those wide receivers to get open. And so then... You know, Baker Mayfield's been a quarterback that has held on to the ball a little bit longer than certainly than Joe Burrow last week. A lot less of that quick passing offense for the Browns because their offensive line plays so well. They've got a lot of talented linemen. We went into a little bit more depth on that on yesterday's Crossover Thursday podcast with Jeff Lloyd from Lockdown Browns. If you haven't heard that one, really encourage you to go back and listen to it because he knows the Browns through and through and really gave us some good insight on why their, why their defense has struggled a little bit and, and where their offense has been able to be so successful with a very efficient Baker Mayfield. But a lot of that started with that offensive line. I think if there's one or two areas that I would look to exploit in that offensive line, the right guard Wyatt Teller is I, probably the weak link, but still a, a pretty solid offensive lineman. But it's just a really good line around him. So I'm looking for a key Hicks to get some penetration there, specifically in that right guard matchup that he typically lines up against. That would be critical to disrupting Baker Mayfield and also this running game too. And then their left tackle, Judge Willis, is in, in only his second season. He played really well as a rookie, but maybe there's some advantages that Khalil Mack or Robert Quinn can find on tape for a young guy still kind of adjusting to the NFL. And it, for me, it just feels like this is a game where you need your defensive front seven talent to be... The more talented group. Right? A lot of times, opposing offenses will just get rid of the ball so quickly that Khalil Mack can't get home, or Akeem Mix can't get home, or Robert Quinn to, to try and neutralize the Bears' defense. But I think you're going to see the Browns trust their offensive line against these Bears' pass rush and say, Our blockers are better than your rushers. And given the money and the pedigree, the prestige in this Bears' front seven, Now's the time to prove it, step up and earn that paycheck a little bit, defend your reputation and be disruptive when they're going to give you some time to be able to get to the quarterback and, and create that disruption. I think I'm most worried then about the Browns' tight ends. I mentioned it briefly earlier that David Njoku is their leading receiver this year and their leading catch, the person with the most catches is Austin Hooper, their other tight end. They like to go in that 12 personnel, two tight end looks and not that... I don't trust Roquan Smith, but if Baker Mayfield has time to throw and those tight ends are working across the field, I mean we've seen we've seen Alec Ogletree especially give up some big catches to tight ends this year. We saw the Rams have some success with that with Tyler Higby down the stretch, and I'm that's where I'm concerned. That's where I think the Browns' offense is going to be looking to attack the Bears' their end in the slot and not so much Jalen Johnson on the outside. So I, that's sort of where I think the Bears can try and find some room to slow down this. This, this Cleveland Browns offense that's put up a lot of points, but I think it's going to be more, slightly more of a shootout type of game, and that means this Justin Fields needs to find some holes in this Browns defense and take advantage of some of the mistakes they've been making through these first two weeks. We'll find some ways to maybe confuse them a little bit without confusing Justin Fields next on Locked On Bears. So three weeks into the NFL season, how are you holding up in your office football pools so far? It's been fun trying to keep up with picking these games and having a little bit of extra money on as well with your friends or family or, or your colleagues at work always makes it a little bit more exciting. And if you haven't gotten in on it yet, it's not too late. Thanks to our friends at RunYourPool.com. They are the premier sports pool hosting service. And they give you a bunch of different ways to customize it with a bunch of different types to play. I mean, they've got Survivor, Pick'em, Squares, Margin, Confidence Pool 33, and more. So you can do NFL and college football. You can do one-week games. You can do the full season or, I guess, the rest of the season. The playoffs, the Super Bowl. And it really is all encompassing on their platforms you don't have to worry about tracking down your friends or family for the money that they play and they all just all just upload online and it's all part of run your pool so don't worry it's not too late yet so check them out today and you can get ten dollars off at runyourpool.com slash locked on or use our promo code locked on at checkout anywhere everywhere in the world runyourpool.com is helping friends and colleagues compete so don't miss out The NFL season is off to an exciting start. Go to runyourpool.com slash locked on and have your pool up and running in minutes. Runyourpool.com slash locked on. You want to make the games even more exciting, you can throw a little cash down on the spread, the money line, the over-under, wherever you want at betonline.ag. The number one place we recommend for all your sports betting needs. Bears are seven-point underdogs on the road against Cleveland. I was reading where I don't think the Bears have ever been able to cover that spread in that way with with rookie quarterbacks in recent history. So there's a big, a big test here for Justin Fields in a tough matchup. But hey, it's that's a great time to take advantage of the odds makers doubting the Bears rookie quarterbacks, plus odds for all the other pro and college football games, plus When the hockey season comes around, they've got baseball right now, soccer, tennis, basketball is coming up here soon. They've got futures and prop bets, so many different ways to play at betonline.ag. When you sign up, make sure you enter our promo code NFL100. That's going to get you a 100% welcome bonus matching dollar for dollar your first deposit at betonline.ag. Your online sportsbook experts. I'm never going to claim to be an expert in perfectly game planning for every Bears opponent, and I, I should have got that disclaimer in here earlier that these are all ideas for things the Bears could try to be successful against the Browns, but if there was a magic formula to beat any team they would do it. And I certainly do not have all of the answers, but I think when I look at this Cleveland Browns defense, they've added a lot of great pieces. And I really like the way that Jeff Lloyd broke this down for us on yesterday's crossover Thursday podcast. I hate to bring it up again, but it really did a good job of showing here's where all the pieces are, but here's why they haven't quite meshed together perfectly just yet. It's been communication and, and understanding what guys strengths and weaknesses are and how those sort of all fit together. And so I, if I'm the bears, I'm going to try and challenge their communication in as many ways as I can. And I think in the passing game, that means a lot of crossing routes. Routes that start on one side of the field, cross the middle of the field, and go over to the other side. And the good news is this was already part of the Bears game plan last week against the Bengals a lot of Justin Fields plays if you go back and watch the tape are breaking over and across the middle he ends up throwing mostly to the sidelines and not over the middle but letting those plays develop and then finding him downfield was was working quite well for him last week but the key is that when the Browns are in zone coverage or anytime there's any zone defenders even if there's man underneath it you want to run routes where it's not just going to be the same player versus the same receiver in the same zone right if so if you're in a You know, a cover three where you just kind of have the sideline vertically. Don't just run a deep out. That's just one corner and one receiver, and he never has to communicate and plan that with other players. Not, Not that you're going to do this every single time, but the more you can have players running through multiple zones and having a player have to say, okay, you have to take this guy, and I'm going to take this guy and make sure that they both know on that play who they're supposed to take. And sometimes in zone, you have different responsibilities versus when you're supposed to stay with them and leave your zone and when you're supposed to pass it off. And that's where you got to challenge this Browns defense to make sure they know their rules of this scheme and they know their teammates and who's supposed to do what as often as you can. And so you, you really just, it's a way to, to compl- complicate it for the Browns defense without complicating it so much for Justin Fields. And I think you can do some of that. Same with the run pass options, where again, you're putting the linebackers and the cornerback and the safeties in a position to say, is this a run or is this a pass? And then Fields can just read one guy and decide whether to hand it off or throw it. I'd like to see more of that. We didn't see enough of that last week with Justin Fields when he came in in place of Andy Dalton. More of that from Fields, I think, would help, again, challenge that communication and those responsibilities of these Browns defenders to know exactly where they're supposed to go. Plus, get some more misdirection going in the running game, especially, you know, different guy. Some split zone with blockers going one direction and runners going the other way. Maybe some counter bash for fields with a read option where the pulling blockers are going with fields and not the running back. And so the linebackers don't know who to follow, right? There's some ways to complicate it for the defense without complicating it for Justin Fields. Because we saw last week against the Bengals, in the passing game at least, you know, they kind of did it like Sean McVay did for Jared Goff with the Rams, where you make it look formationally pretty similar for Fields every time. It was almost always one receiver on one side, three receivers on the other side. It is 11 personnel, one running back, one tight end. Oftentimes the tight end was a single receiver to that side to have a big option there. And for, so then Fields doesn't have to like, think about where different guys are going to be. He knows the same starting point every time and can work the routes based on that and based on the coverage. And when you have three receivers to a side, it, it'll, it'll also challenge how defenses will line up in certain coverages that wouldn't normally put three cornerbacks or three defensive backs all to that same side, so it can force a safety to come down and the slot, and then it, it becomes easier for him to read what the defense is doing when he has three trips to one side. It's just it's part of how Matt Nagy can make that easier on Justin Fields. Now then, it looks the same every time for the Rams, so they don't have to necessarily wonder as much. But then they do have to wonder. You know, the routes are always going to look differently when they come out of there, and you can you can make the same plays like the same formation look a lot of different plays coming out of that like in a way that you can even get the same routes but coming from different receivers in the same spots. right? So you make it look as similar as possible but just rearrange exactly who's running where on each play so the defense never quite catches on to what you're doing. But Fields n- has the advantage to know, okay, here's my guys. Here's where they're going to end up. They're just going to get there in different paths every single time. And so I think the Bears can find some plus matchups that way in the secondary, believe it or not. We've seen the Browns, or excuse me, the, the Chiefs and the Texans in the first two weeks really throw a lot at Denzel Ward. He was their first-round pick a couple of years ago and has played really well in the NFL, but for whatever reason, he's had a, a little bit of a struggle to start this season, so I would look for the Bears to try and get, you know, Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney on that on the outside. Maybe a double move in there. Just take advantage of having two really good route runners if there's a cornerback that's struggling a little bit with that. Plus, you've got a rookie, Greg Newsom from Northwestern on the other side. Hasn't been challenged that much this to this point in the season, but I would. I mean, I'd look to test the rookie a little bit, and if he passes, he passes, but might as well test him and at least see what you're dealing with uh, on that side of the secondary. Their, their new safety, John Johnson, has struggled a little bit too since he came over from the Los Angeles Rams scheme. He hasn't adjusted perfectly yet. Again, some of that communication that we're talking about. I think for the Bears offense, I'm more so concerned— about the trenches again and the offensive line. It's going to be a recurring theme here, but the Browns have a really, really strong defensive line. You've got Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney on the outside, and then, of course, across the middle, you've got guys like Malik Jackson and Malik McDowell, and they've got Andrew Billings and some depth in there as well. Big, physical defensive linemen are going to be hard to run against, and they're going to be able to get some push on the interior with a pass rush. And so I think that has made Browns linebackers have – an easier time stopping the run as well, because even if Malik McDowell or Malik Jackson's is not making the big tackle and the penetration, they're just holding blocks really well so these linebackers can flow and attack and, and get after David Montgomery. And, and as we've seen the Bears' interior offensive line struggle a little bit the last couple weeks with, again, physically strong Bengals interior and then Aaron Donald in week one, I, I've got some concerns with that being a tough matchup, and you really need those three guys in the interior in particular They've been playing together longer. They're young. They're developing. They're taking these next steps. They need to take the next steps, I guess, is is what we're expecting. And and now would be a good week with, with a pretty tough matchup there. And I don't want to overlook Garrett and Clowney on the edges. And certainly don't be fooled by the fact that Garrett has one sack and Clowney has zero. They've still been getting pressure on the tackles. And you're going to need another strong game from Jason Peters. You're going to need Jermaine Ifedi to keep holding up as well. But interior has been more of an issue than maybe we thought it would be. So then that's why you come back to the play action neutralize some of the pass rush. You come back to some of the moving pockets to make the offensive line's job easier. It should should then give fields more time. It should make the, the blockers have a little less trouble. Plus, you can work Justin Fields' mobility in there to try and again take away some of that pass rushing in fact just ball security pocket presence as, a, as an area fields is going to continue to grow in and and this will be a very big challenge for him. It'll be a big challenge for the Bears. That's why that game plan is going to be so important and why We're trying to give him some tips here along the way for Matt Nagy who I'm sure listens every single day to the podcast. Sean Desai, Ryan Pace, all big fans of Locked On Bears, just like you know. But I do appreciate you for tuning in and listening along with us. And really thank you for making Locked On Bears your first listen every single day. I hope that you're subscribed to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Because the podcast is free and available on all platforms, including our YouTube channel. really love all the comments we get on our YouTube videos. The likes, the shares really help us out quite a bit builds a little bit of a community i think around this podcast and around the chicago bears the team all of us are following closely the team you love to root for the team that we're excited to see what justin fields does on sunday it'll be interesting how cleveland you know welcomes him back home to the ohio state area but without rooting for him too much but i think more than anything they're gonna need you at home making sure that you're standing up strong and you're ready to bear down